Life Audio. Hey, friend, Heather Creekmore here. Guess what? The next generation, the generation that's in their teens and early 20s right now, they're struggling with body image issues too. They're struggling with identity issues too, just like we all are. And today my guest is going to give us some encouragement on how we can disciple this generation well. If you're a mama, if you're a grandma, if you're an aunt, if you're a ministry leader, if you're a small group leader, if you're a scouts leader, wherever you are, teacher, wherever you are interacting with this generation, today's episode is going to help give you some insight so we can encourage these young men and women to find their identity in Christ. I'm glad you're here for it. Hey, did you know I've got a brand new book coming out in like one month, (laughs) like literally one month from this week, my book, The 40-Day Body Image Workbook. It's subtitle is Help for Christian Women Who've Tried Everything. That was me. I don't know if that's you, but if you've tried everything, try this workbook because I go deep. Okay. Workbook might make you think this is like fluffy and light, but unfortunately, I am not good at fluffy and light. Okay. So apologize in advance for that, but we're going to take a deep dive. Now, my course and my coaching, a lot of it is based around the same things. Now, course and coaching is an even deeper dive, but if you're looking for an entry point, if you're like, I'm not ready to go all the way to course or coaching yet, but I do need some help. I do need to do something. This is for you. It's not just 40 days. It's 40 days is the separation of the way the content works, but some of these days you're going to dig in. You're going to go deep. You might need to spend a week on a day. So will you grab this book, pre-order it, and maybe make this your January 1st thing this year? I'm going to tell you more in coming episodes about something we'll all do together, but, but make sure you get the book and then we can all journey together in January to get you started on your body image freedom journey. I hope you'll do that. You can grab it wherever Christian books are sold. I think Baker Bookhouse has the best price right now, but you can always go to Amazon or Christian book, or I think it's on Target and walmart.com too. So when you're doing your Christmas shopping, go grab a copy of the 40 Day Body Image Workbook. Now let's get to today's show. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Jesse Cruikshank, thanks so much for being on the Compared to Who show again. Oh, thanks for having me back. I know we didn't get to, to talk about all of the things, so all the things for me to go today. Yes, yes, that's, you know, that's what happens. Occupational hazard. <laughs> podcasting, so many things, so little time. But hey, we had a great conversation last time where you just kind of went through who Gen Z is and kind of what they're struggling with. But today, my hope is maybe we can 
kind of tie this back to, you've got a great new book on discipleship that's out and tie this back to some hope. Like what can we practically do to invest well in this next, well, they're not the next generation after us, but (laughs) this generation that is in the pivotal years, I'm going to say that like in their teens, early twenties. And then I'd, I'd love, maybe this is a place we start like, some of the issues that we talked about last time from like anxiety to not being able to dream, feeling the weight of the world, you know, maybe even like a mistrust of leadership. I know you talked about that um, in the session that I heard you speak at. Like, do you see any connections with body image struggles? I mean, I, you know, there's the obvious, like, of course, they're on social media and they're seeing images and all that stuff. Yeah, that's we know that. But but what else? What do you see underneath the surface that that maybe we need to be aware of with this generation and, and body image issues? I think sometimes it's interesting to me the way that we separate body image issues out from other aspects of identity mm-hmm. when it is a complete fruit and completely integrated in identity, mm-hmm. right? And so the way the brain is created, God created the brain not to seek truth, but to form and protect identity. And when that identity has some sort of disruption in it, when there's part of ourself that we hate and we have self-loathing, whether it's of our body or of our anxiety or of something about ourselves, like self-loathing, like fractures our psyche, it fractures our soul. Um, just to, just to kind of follow up, like your heart seeks belonging, your brain seeks identity and the spirit seeks truth. The rest of you is really not that interested in truth. That's why it's hard to change our mind. So the fact that I may, I may tell you you're beautiful, that's going to come that, that might be true, but that's not my self narrative, right? That's not how I see myself. That's not my identity. And so it doesn't matter, right? That's why the brain doesn't care about what's true. It cares about how we see ourselves and who we think we are. So we actually have identity struggle in this generation maybe even more profoundly than any other generation. Everybody says that about every generation. Maybe I'm be- maybe it's hyperbole. I don't know. But I believe that discipleship is about helping somebody see that they are God's unique poema. It's in Ephesians 4. Like you are God or Ephesians 2. You're God's unique creation. Yeah. And and that will not look like someone else and it shouldn't look like someone else. And there's purpose in the way that God did it. But most of us walk around thinking God made us wrong in mm-hmm. some way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or all the ways. Where do you think God didn't screw up in the way he made you? Yeah. You know, in all of those places where we have, have bought into the lie that God made us wrong creates the struggle and this pushback against the identity that he determined from the foundation of the world for us. And the more we come into alignment with that, the more we have peace, the more we can live out our purpose, the coming into alignment with that changes everything. It has a profound effect on the way that you show up in the world. But without having that shared reality that we talked about in the last episode, people don't know who they are because how we connect with someone else is how we know ourselves. Like those are, those are, I mean, it's hard to overemphasize how connected those are. When we see God, we reflect God back. When when I look at you, I reflect back your beautiful smile, mm-hmm. right? 
And so I can know myself and be formed by my relationship with one another. And when we don't have deep relationships with one another, we are not formed in the way that God created us to be formed. And all we have is this disconnected comparison instead of this harmonizing, Mm -hmm. deep forming relationship. So when we, when we are down on our body, because it's a reflection of something that we're down on in our soul and in accepting our soul, accepting the beauty of how God created us will find its fruit and find its way out and accepting our bodies as well. So that's, what's always been strange to me is, is the disconnection of identity work that, that accepting and, and, and believing you are fearfully and wonderfully made is actually comp is holistic. Yeah. Body, soul, spirit, all of it. And that it God created you that way for a purpose, a very specific purpose. Mm-hmm. The way that you are supposed to show up in the world yeah. is is it has its own destiny to it, mm-hmm. you know? And if you were something different, if you were somebody different, then you wouldn't be able to show up in the world that way. Yeah. And that wouldn't, I mean, he's the author of our story. That's what I talk about in my book on how God is the author of our story. It's a hero's journey Mm -hmm. and we get to partner with one another and help each other walk that. And we always need someone else to help us walk that. None of us can work. We're just, we we won't do the hard thing (laughs) or we won't learn the right lesson. Yeah. So other people help us be brave. Other people help us know what God is trying to create in us and help us discern that destiny. We can't discern it by ourselves. Yeah. That's also a struggle when we're trying to do it by ourselves, mm-hmm. and to walk somebody else with their hero journey um, will will change everything for them. So yeah. I don't oh. know. I don't. We just can't believe the truth until <laughs> we've experienced the truth, and we can't do that unless we've walked that journey with one another. Yeah, I love that, Jesse. As I was thinking about this interview this morning, I told you I went for a walk right before. That's why I was sweaty and had to put the hat over my sweaty hair. <laughs> But I was thinking like, okay, how am I going to tie discipleship in? And I was like, it's super easy because of exactly what you said. I mean, when I do coaching with women, they're always like, when are we going to talk about what I should eat? Like, no, 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 no. We're talking about identity. <laughs> like we're, we need, you need to be more connected to God. You need to be in scripture more. You need to be listening to sermons. You need to be re- like, we are working on rebuilding your identity. And like, then all that other stuff just kind of it falls into place or falls off in a lot of cases. So I love that. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Hello, I'm Carol McCracken, and I'd like to invite you to join me and our team on the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. This podcast examines one verse each day to learn more about God and His will for us. I'm excited to tell you about the new series the host team will share with you during this season of Lent. Each episode will be a journey to the cross. We will follow Jesus through some of his most significant steps in the Gospels, focusing on a particular verse as we always do. It'll be a progressive series. Join us daily as we follow Jesus doing what he was born to do to save us all. You can find us on Life Audio or whatever you listen to podcast content on. 
more about the book. You mentioned Hero's Journey. I know that's a big component to it. Some people, I, I knew what that was from the writing world, but actually spell that out. What is the Hero's Journey? And then maybe what are a couple takeaways? Like how, how can we start to apply this in the way we relate to, to Gen Zers? Yeah. So, so the Hero's Journey was uh, identified by a guy named Joseph Campbell in the 50s. He looked at, he was a storyteller and a story writer, and he looked at all of these different stories in different um, eras of human history and and different cultures. And he noticed that there was a pattern to them, that the epic stories that shaped cultures had this this storyline pattern in them where you have an ordinary person, they are called to an adventure, they deny the call, they're like, nope, not me, I'm here, I'm this, I'm not that, I can't be the person who goes. And then circumstances compel them compelled our ordinary person they they go on the adventure they have friends they have allies they have a mentor usually shows up at like a wizard or something you know if you're thinking gandalf yes 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 that's right so they and and their mentor and their friends help them go and face some of the the struggles and usually like they have these trials and it amps up each time and then they have their big moment and it's a dark moment and it's a scary moment and and it's something that they usually they have to do on their own right because only a person can choose to be changed and and choose the aha Mm -hmm. that thing that that makes all the difference and it's an identity change dynamic that that big trial so in video games, I like to think about it as the big boss. You have you you make it up there, you face the big boss, and then you beat the big boss. You you have your aha moment, and there's some sort of reward or celebration. And then the and now you're not an ordinary person anymore. You're a hero. And then the hero goes back home, and they are different, but the world they left isn't. Mm-hmm. And that sets up the sequel. Mm-hmm. So. We, for, for me, disciple making is understanding every person is walking this journey. I think it's a universal pattern that God put in our hearts so that we could recognize how the story goes, even if we don't know the way, mm-hmm. right? Because it's in every culture. And I'm always fascinated by the universals. We're so different when we're all the same. I'm super interested in that. Yeah. So as a disciple maker, I see that you're on a hero's journey and I partner with you as a mentor and a guide and help you walk that, help you discern what God's trying to teach you, help you hear from the Holy Spirit on what to do about that. I will sit with you in your struggle. I can't do it for you. I can't make the choice for you. I can't have that aha moment for you, but I can be with you Mm. and and hold that space with you. And then when you come through it, I'll be like, I can be your biggest champion and I can celebrate and I can throw a party because you just changed in a way that changes eternity. And that's a big deal. It's somebody should be there to celebrate that with you. So the book goes through each of those as a different phases is a different chapter. There's some nerd science in there because I am a nerd. Love it. Love it. (laughs) But if we do it God's way, the way that he created us, ordinary people can make a disciple. And I think that that's amazing. Yeah. So, so for some discipleship might not be emphasized in the church you're attending, where do you start? You know, you pick someone and be like, yeah, you, <laughs> here's what you're going to do. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe we just need to all get your book, of course. But, <laughs> but so the listener isn't left hanging. <laughs> like, I think it can sound daunting. Like, I'm not a Sherpa. <laughs> How can I guide right. someone? I don't want to start a small group. Right. So I think it's easy. We, I, I think we made things way too hard. 
Mm-hmm. So who is someone in your life that you feel like God keeps putting on your mind and your heart? You know, who, who's colored in highlighter mm-hmm. that only you can see and, you know, kind of, kind of engage them. See if there is interest back, right? Do they like being around you? Do they <laughs> think that you're smart or you have something to say? Gen Z is desperate for mentors. They're desperate and they've been told that they have to go seek it out and they're exhausted. Mm-hmm. So they really need somebody to come to them. Yeah. So, you know, making, going first, making that overture saying, Hey, do you want to have coffee? Do you want to, you know, I don't know. Do we want to connect? It's, it's like yeah. friend dating. Yeah. So, or, you know, disciple dating mm-hmm. that sounded super creepy. Strike that. <laughs> but <laughs> Find out they're interested back <laughs> and, and then, you know, based on your personality type, what makes sense? Do you want to just talk with them about their life and and you have enough of an idea in your head that you know some identity formation things? Do you want to get a book and go through it? Um, do you have a church that actually does a good job in these conversations, but or at least with the content, but they need more conversation? And so you can talk about what your church is already teaching. Um, and if you can handle more than one person at a time, that's amazing. But I don't think that that's the requirement. It's like, go and make a disciple. So um, and know that deep change is going to take like 18 months to three years. Mm-hmm. So be willing to be engaged with someone, at least from your point of view, as long as it's needed to become aware of what's going on in their life and, and really hear from God. What is God's lesson? You don't have to know the answers because if God brought you together, there's something in your story mm-hmm. that's meant to impact their story. So you teach them what heaven taught you. And if it's outside of that realm, be like, I don't know, we'll get a different book. We'll talk to somebody (laughs) else at the church, like find an, find another expert. Cause I think that disciple making is a group activity. Yeah. No one person knows everything. So we'll just do it together. But yeah, just start with who's colored in highlighter and who's interested in responding back to you. And if those are your kids, that's freaking amazing. Mm. And that, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. So don't miss that opportunity. Yeah. Because yeah. not everybody's kids respond to them. So they may need yeah. aunties and uncles, right? I'm an auntie. I help mentor other people's children. Mm-hmm. And I say the same thing their parents are, but somehow it just sounds differently <laughs> when I say it. So oh, I you know, we that. all need aunties and uncles. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not, from personal experience, our church has summer interns, a bunch of college students every summer. And so they asked me if I would mentor one of the girls disciple her this summer. And I was like, sure. But then, you know, after, as soon as I said, yes, I was like, oh no, like younger people don't like to talk to older people. Like how, what's her response going to be? Is is she going to be like, yeah, whatever old lady. (laughs) And it was, it was not that at all. It was such a good experience for us just to have conversations. And, and she genuinely wanted someone to ask some questions to questions that I think she's talked with, with her parents. It wasn't, you know, anything devious behind her parents back or anything like that, but just like, can I bounce this off you too? Um, and it was, it was easier (laughs) than I expected it to be for sure. But yeah, I think, I think that's, it's a good thing to remember not to overcomplicate it. You don't have to be fully prepared and fully perfect (laughs) before you can do it because none of us would ever be able to well, do Well, and that then. would actually like lose their respect. Right. Because they know that you're not. 
So be real. They want to know about your struggles. They want to know what emotional resilience looks like. Mm -hmm. They want to know how you answer hard questions or how do you even hold space with hard questions. So don't fake it at all. Be super authentic with where you're at. It's look, it's not going to get worse for them. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make yeah. it worse. It's already super bad. They're yeah. looking for hope. Yeah. And to know that you can still be a functional adult with a job or, you yeah. know, in your home and and doing the work, that will hold respect for them. They're not looking for answers. They're looking for someone to validate their struggle that they're not crazy mm-hmm. and it's not their fault. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, I remember you saying something at the session you did at Exponential about, like there being some mistrust around church or institutions in general. Can you, can you fill that part out? Yeah, it was that I think in our last episode, I talked about how the trends were really strong. And one of the really strong trends was how anti-institutional they are. Mm -hmm. They don't trust. I mean, look, what are the institutions that they're faced with? Apple, Google, Mm -hmm. uh, anything Elon Musk builds, um, the government, um, healthcare, like any of these big institutions are in it for themselves and they they don't really care about the kids or the people or any of us. So, yeah. so they don't trust that. But what's different between them and the baby boomers is the baby boomers were anti-institutional and tore the institutions down, but they also were anti-authority. They didn't, like, you couldn't tell them. You still can't actually tell them things. <laughs> um, they're not a teachable generation. <laughs> they have to do it their own way. Um, Gen Zers are not anti-authority. They're anti-institution, but they really want mentors. They really want to learn. They're extremely teachable. Um, They want to know how to do things differently. The problem is, is that one of those institutions they don't trust is the church Mm -hmm. because what they see right now is, is the harm from the church and any kind of, you know, whether it's financial abuse or sexual abuse or abuse of power, they're very sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the church unless your church is a safe place, the church at large for them, they don't think of it as a safe place. Mm -hmm. And it's also not a safe place for their friends. And that definitely impacts how they think about stuff. So they may think I'm okay, but my friend wouldn't be okay here. And therefore it's less of a safe place. Mm -hmm. So having conversations with them outside of the church, not requiring them to come to church in order to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. They love Jesus and they want answers. And Jesus is Jesus is the answer, right? The ultimate answer for anxiety is the cross and and being recreated by the Holy Spirit. We have the answers that they're looking for, but we can't make them come to us on our mm-hmm. terms for that. And if, I mean, I know churches, the whole churches that are Zoom based, or they can't even call it a church because mm-hmm. the word church is triggering and upsetting. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating to me is of, of Gen Zers who are serving in ministry, they have the same allergy mm-hmm. to the church institutional mm-hmm. dynamic. They want to do small groups. They want to do house church, simple church. Mm-hmm. They want to be, it's not a diff, how would I, I would say it this way. We've been telling them for a long time to live their life as a missionary to the world. Mm-hmm. And they believe that and they do that. Mm-hmm. So their faith life is not different and separated from the rest of their life. Like they live out their convictions yeah. And those convictions are really important for us. We may be like, oh, well, maybe I'm okay here, but I don't know how to do that at work. They got none of that problem. Mm. So, so for them, it's living life as a Jesus follower amongst their friends and at work. But where are they getting that formation? Yeah. When they have, when the church for them is less of a safe place, 
and is a struggle, they really need us to go to them. They really want that. They're desperate for it. So there's so much opportunity. We just have to think about it a little differently. The structure that, that you and I were raised in, or you and, you know, you and I were discipled in isn't going to work for them. So we just, we just going to have to go to them and they're, they're going to love that. Yeah. I love that. That's really encouraging. And I, I mean, I do think uh, so as a parent of, I almost have four teens. My youngest is 12. So he's quick to remind us he's just a tween <laughs> when we say we have all teenagers. But the other, if we're not discipling them, YouTube is, right? I mean, that's <laughs> like, that's our biggest competition, I think, right now. Well, our, they're formative. What forms us are strong connection or highly emotional experiences. Mm-hmm. So we'll be for, we'll be formed by our triggers. Mm-hmm. And if they're just experiencing and, and consuming things that upset them, that trigger them, that have a strong emotional um, dynamic, that is going to be more formative than something that's boring, even yeah. if the boring thing is longer. Um, so those relationships and emotional experiences with one another in a positive Jesus-centered way are we need more of that yeah. for them. They need more of that. So there's there's a time dynamic, like like we're formed by our habits and what we're in with we have more time in, but also the intensity of emotion. Mm-hmm. So if church is boring and a hundred percent of the Gen Zers I talk to who serve in church, in the church I go to, think church is boring, mm-hmm. they're not going to be formed by that because yeah. they're going to be emotionally disconnected to it. So yeah. what's not boring in a way that is actually relational. So boring doesn't even have to mean entertainment and entertaining could be boring. Mm-hmm. They want purpose. They want the deeper discussions. They want that deeper connection, just like your son going to college yeah. and wanting to do that in person and not online. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Jesse, thanks so much. This has been super informative and super interesting. Tell everyone where they can connect with you, find your book, say the name of your, the full name of your book for us, please. <laughs> and, um, and all the goodies like over on the shelf right now or something, right? Um, <laughs> not very good. So you can follow me on uh, Instagram at your brain by Jess, my website and my uh, ministry, that would be ordinary discipleship ordinarydiscipleship.com. I am on Twitter, which is now named X. And I don't know, I'm dealing <laughs> with that. Um, also your brain by Jess. So you can find out more of the book. It's ordinary discipleship, how God wired us for the adventure of transformation. And you can get that on Amazon and everything else. Um, so yeah, ordinary discipleship, how God wired us for the adventure of transformation. Love it. And I'll make sure there's by Jess. I'll make sure there's a link to all those things in the show notes so everyone can connect with you. And you said you had some stuff on your website, some. Yeah. So if you go to, so my ministry is called Whoology, W-H-O-O-L-O-G-Y, whoology.co. And you're on there and you're on there for like 10, 15 seconds. You can get a pop-up for the Gen Z information um, and get, uh, get that download emailed to you. It's good stuff. Check out Jesse's book. And Jesse, thank you again for being on the Compared to Show today. Oh, thanks for having me. I love it. I love it. Because if we can't understand our journey of identity and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, then we don't have what God wants us to pass along to one another. So Amen. I love it. I love your work too. Thanks okay. for having me. Thanks. And thank you for watching or listening today. 
I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. The Compare To Show is part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. Are you looking for great Christian podcasts on marriage and parenting and every other topic under the sun? Then go to lifeaudio.com and you'll find some there. Scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's Word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's Word, listen to the Spirit, and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.